say something. 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 Say this. I'm highly favored. I'm extremely blessed. No, no, that's not what I said. I said extremely blessed. Everywhere I go today, goodness and mercy are going to follow me. Blessings are going to come on me, and they're going to overtake me. I'm the head. I'm not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. Today, today is my receiving day. In Jesus' name. Amen. So, yeah. Um, I want to talk about going to a new level. And last week, um, when I was talking, it was, um, it was about be blessed, you favorite of the Lord. You cannot go to your next level until you're blessed. I didn't know that was going to turn into a series for me, but it, it seems like it is. So, knowing this, that bedrock truth, God cannot lie, because we're going to a new level. His word is true. We can trust him. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And as he is, so are we. As he is, so are we today. But Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So just for uh, sake of review, uh, we're talking about being blessed, you favorite of the Lord last week. And Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy, slow down. 28 verse 6, New Living Translation. It says, wherever you go, whatever you do, you will be blessed. Knowing this, that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Wherever you go, whatever you do, know, know in your knower that you're blessed. Right? Deuteronomy 30, verse 9, still in the, the New Living. Uh, the Lord, your God, will make you successful in everything that you do. Get your faith up there. This is, this is why we're getting ready to go to our next level. Why? Because our, our, our foundation is blessed, highly favored. So we've got that. We've got that covered. So let's step up into our next one. Genesis 24, 1, uh, New Living, it says, Abraham was now a very old man, but the Lord blessed him in every way. We should be expecting to be blessed in every way. Psalms 5, 11, King James, for you, Lord, will bless the righteous with favor. You will surround him, compass. You will surround him as with a shield, right? So we thank God for his blessing. Thank God for his favor because we have them both. Right? And uh, I said this last week, I'll say it again, and say this after me. I'm presently blessed. blessed. And I'm permanently blessed. blessed. When the blessing of God and the favor of God God is upon me, me. and it is, I am now now superior superior to my circumstances. I am now superior superior to my circumstances. I'm blessed. You're blessed. Just point to somebody and say, you're blessed. Hallelujah. So, uh, hey, I receive it. Amen. So, um, let's start in 1 Samuel, please, chapter 9. Woo! Oh, come on, that was weak. Thanks, James T. 1 Samuel, chapter 9, verse 1. Again, we're talking about going to a new level. But there's things that happen as, and as I was reading through this, it was like, oh, look at this. Everywhere you read now, it's, it's kind of like when, you, when, when you're on a hunt for something, you, you find it all through the Bible. Like I'm, I'm running into this word lavish all over the place. And it's just like, wow, okay. Is there something you're trying to say? <laughs> yeah, I think there is. Um, 
1 Samuel chapter 9, verse uh, 1 and 2. And this is a King James. And then we're going to switch over to New Living because it's a whole lot easier to understand. And you'll know why after I read <laughs> verse 1 and 2. There was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of Abiel, the son of Zeror, the son of... <clears throat> and anyways, he, he was a Benjamite and a mighty man of power. And in the, in the brackets, it says valor. He's a mighty man of valor. And verse 2, he had a son whose name was Saul. He was a choice young man and a goodly. What's a goodly? You know what I mean? See, this is why we're going to switch. And there was not among the children of Israel a goodlier person than he. Oh, man, I'm some goodlier. That's some good English right there, ain't it? And from his shoulders and upward, he was higher than any other people. <sighs> okay. Translation. New living. Verse 2. His son Saul was the most handsome man in Israel. Okay, head and shoulders taller than anyone else in the land. Verse three, <laughs> isn't that easier? Can you, can, you, can you hear me now? You got your ears on? Verse three, one day Kish's donkey strayed away and he told Saul, take a servant with you and go look for the donkeys. So Saul took one of the servants and traveled through the hill country of Ephraim um, in the, uh, the land of Salisha and the, and the entire land of Benjamin, but they couldn't find the donkeys anywhere. See, he was looking for the donkeys, but there was a new level looking for him. The fact that he, he obeyed his father without question is amazing. Verse 5. Finally, they entered into the region of Zuf, and Saul said to his servant, let's go home. By now, my father will be more worried about us than the donkeys. But the servant said, I just thought of something. There is a man of God who lives here in this town. And as I was going through this, there's this running commentary going through my mind. And I'm going to answer. I'm going to ask you these questions. Okay. He said, I just thought of something. There's a man of God who lives here in this town. He's held in high honor by all the people because everything he says comes true. Let's go find him. Perhaps he can tell us which way to go. How did a servant know that? How did he know all this back, uh, this, this back story about this guy? To tell the son of a, uh, of a, of a man who was a, a man of valor. But here's a servant telling him. How did he know this? Verse 7. Um, Saul said, but we don't have anything to offer him, Saul replied. For even our food is gone. We don't have a thing to give him. Verse 8. Well, the servant said, I have one small piece of silver. How's a servant getting money? These little questions, right? But he says, I, <laughs> come on, I have one small silver piece. We can at least offer it to the man of God and see what happens. This man is operating in a high level of faith right here. In those days, the people wanted a message, verse 9, from God. They would say, let's go to ask the seer. For prophets used to, call, uh, prophets used to be called seers. And then verse 10, all right, Saul so agreed, let's try it. And they started to the town <laughs> where the man of God lived. They went there. Again, this servant is operating some kind of faith and some kind of knowledge. How, did he, how he knew all about this stuff in another country, who knew? Somebody was talking. Verse 14, so they entered into the town, and as they passed through the gate, Samuel was coming out towards them to go up to the place of worship. Well, sounds like he was going to church to me. Verse 15, now the Lord told Samuel the previous day, 
About this time tomorrow. How many times have we seen that in the Bible? About this time tomorrow, you're going to be blessed. About this time tomorrow, blessings are coming on you. They're going to overtake you. He said, about this time tomorrow, I'll send you a man from the land of Benjamin. Anoint him to be leader of my people Israel. He will rescue them from the Philistines. For I have looked down on my people in mercy and heard their cry. Getting ready for the next level. When Samuel saw saw Saul, the Lord said, that is the man I told you about. He will rule my people. Now think about this. Another running commentary. Saul was looking for Samuel. Samuel was looking for Saul. Both were on a mission. But if Saul's servant didn't mention anything about Samuel, nothing would have happened. They would have missed their appointment. He would have missed his next level. Verse 18. Just then Saul approached Samuel at the gate. And asked, can you please tell me where the seer's house is? And he said, verse 19, I am the seer, Samuel replied. Go up to the place to worship ahead of me. Go to church. But you just go to church. He says, we will eat there together. And in the morning, I'll tell you what, listen to this. I'll tell you what you want to know and send you on your way. And verse 20, don't worry about the donkeys that were lost three days ago. They have been found. So what is he going to tell them? What is he going to tell him? He already, he already solved the deal with the donkeys. Running commentary, right? He's getting ready for his next level. But it all started with him listening to his father to go and get the donkeys. The donkeys had, were very integral to his um, getting ready for his next level. Amen. He says, um, he said, verse 20, don't worry about the donkeys that were lost three days ago for they have been found. And I'm here to tell you and your family uh, that you and your family are the focus of all Israel's hopes. It had nothing to do with the donkeys, something bigger. And it's a new level. The donkeys were taken care of, but he had something special. Verse 21. Grasshopper. Anytime you go, I'm only, when you're asked to do something, well, I'm only this, I'm only that, I can't, I, what are you talking about? Saul replied, I'm only from the tribe of Benjamin, the, Benjamin, the smallest tribe in Israel. My family is the least important of all the families of that tribe. Why are you talking to me like this? Why would you, Mephibosheth, right? Why would you look at a dead dog like me? Because he wants to get you out of that head and into the new level of thinking and to a new level. Renew your mind, right? <laughs> Verse 22. Samuel, see, Samuel didn't listen to his excuses. And God does not listen to your excuses. How many times in the Bible you hear these people talking about all these excuses? And, and even David didn't listen to excuses. Why? He was taught by God. He says, oh, no, no, no. He, he just like, totally ignored that. And, and the, verse, the very next verse, Samuel brought Saul and his servant and his servant to the hall and placed them at the head of the table, honoring them, 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 above the 30 special guests. Samuel then instructed the cook to bring Saul the finest cut of meat. Gentlemen, come on now. They're meatitarians, right? This is a beautiful thing. The finest cut. Mm-hmm. 
the piece that had been set aside for the guest of honor. So verse 24, so the cook brought in the meat and placed it before Saul. Go ahead and eat it, Samuel said. I was saving it for you even before I invited these other people. He had him set up, right? So Saul ate with Samuel that day. Verse 27, when they reached the edge of town, Samuel told Saul to send his servant on ahead. The servant, send his servant on ahead. And the servant was gone. And Samuel said, stay here for I've received a special message for you from God. Even though that servant set him up, that was his assignment. This thing was speaking to me because the servant could not go to where Saul was going. The servant had his assignment. He fulfilled his assignment and then he was sent away. Why? Because he had a, Samuel had a private message for public service. And sometimes the people that are with you can't go to where God's called you to go. And his part, really, the, the servant's part was to get him to Samuel. And he was faithful to do that and actually paid money for him to get there. Right? Saul had no money. But the servant did. The servant set him up, paid for him to get there, and and even sat at the head of the table with Saul, eating all the good stuff while the other people were eating spam. Right? Well, they said they're getting the finest cuts of meat. Well, they're getting the leftovers. They're getting ground beef. Right? Meanwhile, these guys are eating filet, mignonis. Bacon wrap. No, no, it wouldn't be bacon wrap. But it'd be, uh... <laughs> anyways, praise the Lord. So, 1 Samuel, <laughs> okay, 1 Samuel chapter 10, verse 1. We're still in the living, trans- new living. Then Samuel took a flask of olive oil and poured it over Saul's head. He kissed Saul and said, I'm doing this because the Lord has appointed you to be the ruler over Israel, his special possession. He had to send the servant away so he could privately anoint him for public service. Now, um, when he did, once he got anointed, there was um, four things that happened. And pastor taught us this years and years ago. And I still have the notes for it. The first thing that happened after he got anointed was number one was supernatural restoration. Supernatural restoration. This is in 1 Samuel 10, 2. And it says, um, the donkeys, this is the, 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 the middle part. The donkeys which you um, went to seek are found. The things that were lost are found. That's supernatural restoration. Whatever has been lost will be found under the anointing. Number two, verse three. It says, um, then you shall go on forward from there, which is supernatural progress. You get ready to move ahead. Again, we're getting ready for a next level. Number four, uh, number three um, is verse four. They will salute you and give you, these people are going to salute, people are going to salute you, give you two loaves of bread, which you shall receive of their hands. That is supernatural favor. He did not know these people, but people that we don't know are going to be starting to give us things. They're going to start to, they don't know why, but they have to give us things. 
And not that because we're coveting those, it's just because of the favor that's on us. Why? Because we know what to do when we get things. We give it. We sow it. We know what's going on. Down the hall here at the Salvation Army, they're, um, they've got the, uh, the back-to-school backpack situation going on. And you should see the cars, people coming in because they can't afford school supplies and backpacks and all that stuff. And here they are. Wouldn't, you, wouldn't it be great to partner up with them and say, okay, you know, we got, a, we got an extra couple thousand dollars. Let's, let's, buy, you know, let's buy some more. So nobody, no kid gets left out. That's what we're supposed to do. But if we're, not, if we're not walking in the blessing, how can we do that? Well, I guess, you know, we'll have to look for a grant or something. No, no, no. No. When, when we, you know, God's going to bless us so much that we're just going to turn around and just say, here, bam. What else do you need? Right? A breakfast program. How many kids are going to school without food? Right? It's that time of the year. We need to be thinking about that kind of stuff, right? I remember when I was back as a youth pastor, it was one of the first, second, or third tours of duty. I can't remember. But they have this thing, uh, they had this thing back then, is um, prayer at the pole. And they would get around the, the, the people from ISCF. I think you were there, James. Yeah. We'd get around the school, the, the flagpole, and we would pray. Hold hands out public in front of all their friends. And we pray for that school. And it was just like, how you like me now? Right? It's just really cool. So number three is supernatural favor. Um, number four, verse six. And the spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you shall prophesy with them and you'll be turned into another person. Right? And so that is the, uh, um, that is, um, Supernatural power to change. Power to change. James. <laughs> Joey, you were in that band when we did the power to change? When we played at the Rebecca Cone? Oh, yeah, man. That was power to change. Oh, yeah. That was cool. We rocked that place. Oh, we're probably the only Christian band that ever played there. Think about it. All the other bands that have, you know, all the other musicians and all that stuff that, have, that has played in that place, we were probably the only, and we rocked it. I mean, we were slamming. Oh, well, me, you, Brian, and Rob Stevens on bass. That was a <laughs> slamming. Anyways, yeah, it was good. So supernatural power to change. And, and it says that you will be turned into another person. And, you know, think about this in Isaiah 60, verse 1. Arise and shine, for your light has come. The glory of the Lord has risen up on you. Why? The anointing has changed you into another person. Mm-hmm. And verse 7, and it says, Let it be when these signs are come to you, this is King James, that you do as, okay, <laughs> again, that you do as occasion serves you, for God is with you. <laughs> Hardy, har, har. What are you saying? Verse, uh, New Living. After these signs take place, do what must be done, for God is with you. Just go do it. Do it. He's got your back. Philippians 2.13, um, New Living Translation. It says, God is working in, for God is working in you, he's given you the desire to do what pleases him. He's going to get you to your next level. 1 Samuel 16, please. We're looking at the lives of um, Saul and David. 
David was cool too. But it's almost like they're, they're parallel. I was like, oh man, look at this. Um, 1 Samuel 16, verse 1, King James. Um, just the, the, the last part. It says, fill your horn with oil and I'll send you to Jesse the Bethlehemite. Uh, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Right? Verse 4. Samuel did that which the Lord spoke. <laughs> That's revelation. Start doing what the Lord's saying to you. <laughs> Just do it. He'll back you. Come on. He's got your back. He said, I'll never leave you, nor, never forsake you. Never, in other words, he'd never make you centered out. He won't make you feel ashamed. Isn't that good to know? So Samuel did what the Lord spoke and came to Bethlehem, and the elders of the town trembled at his coming. <laughs> you come peaceably. That man had a rep. You come in peace? <laughs> and he said, peaceably. They probably, whew, okay, okay, <laughs> we're good. I'm come to sacrifice unto the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he sanctified Jesse and his sons and called them to the sacrifice. Now, uh, verse 7. And the Lord said unto Samuel, don't look on his countenance. Don't look at what you see or at the height of his stature, because I've refused him. For the Lord sees uh, not as man sees. For the Lord looks on, looks, uh, the man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. Right? That's why we don't judge people on how they look. Come on, people are going to be coming in here all tatted up and stuff, and don't judge that. Look at their heart. They probably got tatted up before they got saved. So what? Their hearts are here. Their hearts are right. That's all we got to need to, you know, that's what we need to deal with, right? Amen. Um, verse 10. I love this. Jesse made seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these, these kids. Verse 11, Samuel said unto Jesse, here, are, are these all your, are you, all your children? And, and, and he said, there remained yet the youngest. And behold, he keeps the sheep. Don't you know God knows where you are? Yeah, but I didn't get called to the front. God knows where you are. He says, behold, he keeps the sheep. Samuel said unto Jesse, send and fetch him, for we will not sit down until he comes. <laughs> Verse 12. Then he, he Jesse, sent and brought, uh, <laughs> brought him in. Now he was ruddy and with all of a beautiful, beautiful countenance. Ruddy. That's red hair. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Yeah. He was ready and with all of a beautiful countenance and goodly to look to. And the Lord said, Arise and anoint him, for this is him. And verse 13 Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brothers. Ooh. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So, so cool. Again. Isaiah 16, verse 1, arise and shine. His light came with the anointing. We are anointed now. Our light has come. Now, um, anointed for service, right? And you think about this. I had this as a side note. What God has for you is so big, but you need to be faithful 
where you are, and he'll bring you to your next level, right? Saul was faithful to look for the donkeys when he was asked. All of a sudden, all of this opened up for him, right? David was anointed to become king, but there was a time, and a few years before it came to pass, David was a future king, but his, he had a present full-time job tending sheep. Well, I want to be in a ministry. He was in it. But his present job was tending sheep. He was, it didn't change his calling. He was still called. He, was still called, he still became king, right? But it says that God's vision, or, um, yeah, God's vision for you is not determined by your current circumstances. God's plan for you is not determined by your current circumstances. Here's one. Learn to embrace a mundane routine or the dailiness of daily. Learn to embrace the mundane routine or the dailiness of daily. Especially, <laughs> I can say amen. Praise the Lord. Come on, we're, we're you know, we we're, were living, well, with COVID, it's like you're, you're living in uh, Groundhog Day. Every day. What are you going to do today, brain? We're going to take over the world. Anyways, praise the Lord. It says, David had to grow into his kingship. And this could have been frustrating when you know what you're called to do. But you got a full-time job. Imagine knowing that you're the next king. Meanwhile, you're shoveling sheep stuff. Even though, yeah, what God said to you is true, even when you are in between amen and there it is. God didn't change his mind. It is still true. You may feel overlooked and delayed. Have you been there? But God is building the character of royalty in you. That's the thing that I got out of this. God is building your character while you are shoveling, doing your dailiness of daily I have learned so much over the years that um, my position could be priceless. Just because, um, like working with finances, I've, I've, I've worked in every area of this church, right? And, and so, and, and with each one was a building block. Next level, next level, next level. Why? Because you're faithful. And I look around here, and there's a bunch of faithful people here. Next, Get ready for your next level, next level, next level. It's going to happen. It has to happen. Come on. It has to happen. God will not. Um, I'm jumping ahead of myself. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. Passion. Listen to this one. For God, the faithful one is, <laughs> I jumped ahead. So for God, the faithful one is not unfair. How can he forget the beautiful work that you've done for him? How could he forget what you've done? You guys come here every Thursday, every Sunday, and you're, anytime they're asked to get anything done, they're your first in line. God is not unfair. How can he forget the beautiful work that you've done for him? He remembers the love you demonstrate as you continually serve, can daily serve every single time the doors are open. There you are, daily, continually serving in the grind. Praise the Lord. But it says, 
He remembers the love you demonstrate as you continually serve his beloved ones for the glory of his name. This is why we serve for the glory of his name. Verse 11. But we long to see you passionately advance until the end, until you find your hope fulfilled. This is the deal. They want you to have your hope fulfilled. Verse 12, so don't allow your hearts to grow dull or loose or lose your enthusiasm. Have you ever been there? I've done that. It's not, a, it's not a good feeling. I didn't like it. Glory to God. I'm glad I fell on the other side. I'm glad I had some four crazy friends around me. Come on, when, you, when times get tough and you get dis, disappointed, delayed, then all of a sudden you got people around you that's going to pull you up and say, hey, you know what? Shake it off. I have friends like that. It's good to have those. <laughs> Thank you. You know who you are. Praise the Lord. Mm-hmm. So verse 12, don't allow your hearts to grow dull or lose your enthusiasm, but follow the example of those who fully receive what God has promised because of their strong faith and patient endurance. That's us. That's us. David had to fight. We have to fight. There's some things we have to fight off, especially discouragement. My goodness. It runs rampant. David had a fight. He fought a lion, a bear, Goliath. But all of these fights de developed his instincts as a leader, as a protector, as a warrior. And we ourselves are being groomed for greatness. Even during the private battles and the challenges that we face, David defeated the lion, he defeated the bear, and he defeated the, the Philistine. Why? It got him ready for his kingship. Meanwhile, he was shoveling this stuff, thinking, I'm a king. Really? And he was. Here's one. God knows when it's your moment. David didn't know when his moment would come, but God did. In 1 Samuel 17, 17, let's go there, please. Look at this. Um, 1 Samuel 17, 17, and it says, um, I'm going to read this out of New Living again. One day, Jesse said to David, take this basket of roasted grain and these 10 loaves of bread. Carry them quickly to your brothers and give these 10 cuts of cheese, cuts of cheese, to their captain. See how, <laughs> I know, twisted mind. Help me. See how your brothers are getting along and bring back a report on how they're doing. Verse 20, so David left the sheep with another shepherd and set out early the next morning with the gifts as Jesse had directed him. What, what is he doing here? He's being set up for his moment. He just showed up to the battlefield to deliver some food. That day changed the direction of his life forever. He didn't know that just dropping off some food is going to change his direction. He didn't know that just dropping off some food, he's going to kill a giant, show him how to get ahead in life, and then all of a sudden he's king's kid. Just like that. That's when you say, Lord, don't let me miss my moment. I don't want to miss my moment. I'll be faithful to do the little things. Right? We're faithful to do the little things. He's going to reward us with much. Your victories are bigger than you. There's a guy named Victor Hugo, and he said, nothing else in this world, not all the armies, is so powerful as an idea whose time has come. When your idea comes to fulfillment, simply translated that when the time is right, nothing can stop a great idea. 
God has plans, purposes, pursuits for you and me, right? Um, and you think about it, a God-given ideal is unstoppable. Jeremiah 29, 11, new living. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. He knows what he's, he knows what he's doing. And he's setting us up and he's getting us ready for our next level. And he says, they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. Next level planning is what he's doing right here. Hallelujah. Can you handle a couple more verses? Okay. Um, Psalms 126. King James will start there. Uh, verses 1 to 5. Psalms 126, when the Lord turned again in the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Turn on your dream machine. Come on. Knock those dreams off of the shelf. Dust them off. Polish them up. And realize that it's, it's see, that's our Me Too movement. We need to have our own. Blessed, Me Too. Permanently blessed, Me Too. Come on now. He says, I don't have the um, uh, verse, uh, Psalms 126, verse 1. When the Lord turned again, again, the captivity of Zion, we were like them that dream. Then was their mouth filled with laughter. Our tongue was singing. They said among the heathen, the Lord has done great things for them. The Lord has done great things for us. Amen. And he's still doing great things for us. And we're, we're glad. Turn again our captivity, O Lord, as the streams in the south. They that sow in tears shall reap in joy as they go to their next level. Passion. Listen to this. It was like a dream come true when you freed us from our bondage and brought us back to Zion. We laughed and laughed and overflowed with gladness. We were left shouting for joy and singing your praise. All the nations sought and joined in saying, the Lord has done great miracles for them. The Lord has done great miracles for you. The Lord has done great miracles for me. The Lord has done great miracles for New Covenant Ministries. Church, come on. Verse 3. Yes, he did, mighty, he did mighty miracles, and we were overjoyed. Verse 4. Now, Lord, do it again. Do it again. Woo! He's going to do it again. Love that song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Restore to us our former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until our joy hearts are drenched again. Those who sow their tears as seeds will reap a harvest with joyful shouts of glee. Verse 6. They may weep as they go out carrying their seeds to sow, but they're going to return with joyful laughter and shouting with gladness as they bring back armloads of blessing and a harvest overflowing. That's us. Amen. And uh, back to Samuel. Can't leave David there. 1 Samuel 18, verses 2 to 3 in the New Living Translation. Actually, verse 2. It says, from that day on, Saul kept David with him and would not let him return home. Why? Because he was at a new level. He passed a test. No more herding sheep. No more shoveling sheep stuff. Sheep free. There was no going back for David. Just like Elijah. He immediately followed Elijah. Realize that it's your time. No sickness, no failure, no bankruptcy can stop what God has planned for us. Nothing can stop what he's got planned for us. He knows the plans and thoughts that he thinks towards us. Plans of good. 
He's got some good stuff ready, right on the, come on. Now that we're back in faith again, do you know what that's like? We're like those that dream now. Why? Because we can do that. Turn on our dream machine now. Why? We're in faith. Come on. <laughs> Former things that passed away, and like David, we, we decide we're not going back. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. We know this one. Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Uh, King James Version. It says, brethren and cistern, I count not myself to apprehended, but this one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. Why? I can't go to the next level looking at those things that are behind. Carrying that stuff. I can't. I have to reach forth unto those things which are before me. Verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. New living, it says, verse 13. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Forgetting the past. Let that go. Let your past be past at last, right? Verse 14, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. The message, listen to this. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this, but I have got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. Verse 14, I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. 15, so let's keep focused on the goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us, that's us. We want everything that God has for us, right? And if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on the track. Let's stay on it. Why? Because we're there. Now, last verse. Romans 8.37, just because. This is good just to ice the cake. Romans 8.37. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Why? Because we're in our next level right now. New Living, it says, no, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours. Overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. New American Standard, but all these things, we, we overwhelmingly overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. Listen to this in the complete Jewish. No, in all these things, we are super conquerors. Come on. We're biggie-sized conquerors going somewhere to happen. Mm-hmm. Why? We are operating out of our next level. Thinking that way. Joel Olstein said this, you're created to excel. And there's no limit to how high you can go in life. Keep stretching to the next level. Just reach for it. Go for it. Go for it. God has called you to do some things. Go for it. You're at your next level now. Step in. Do it. He'll back you. Last quote. T.D. Jakes. He said, God is not going to promote you because you have a dream. He's going to promote you because you've maximized where you are now. So you're ready to go to the next level. Why? You maximize where you were. That's maximum faithfulness, isn't it? You maximized your faithfulness. Now get ready.
TDJ, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. Right? But that's us. It's almost like you can see us in the start position and waiting for the gun to go. So, Because that's what we do. We're in our next level now. No more no, you know, low-level thinking anymore. How can we? How can we think low when we know that God is going to bless absolutely everything that we do? We can't use the word can't now. Why? Because we can. We can do all things to him. That strengthens us. Which means we can't fail. <laughs> it's good. Hallelujah. We hope this message has encouraged you in your relationship with the Lord. For more information and ministry resources, we invite you to visit our website at www.newcovenantchurch.ca. We look forward to you joining us next time as we continue to live victoriously.